Welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 129 of the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast show. I'm your host, Paul Marquis, and today we are going to be doing part two of our blood flow restriction training podcast. And as luck would have it, I have Miss Susie Lachowski with me again this week. And um, I want to thank you, Susie, for uh, being on the show. And, you know, we learned so much last week. And if you, there are some of you that are listening to this podcast today for the first time, but didn't listen to part one, you really need to go back and listen to part one so that you can get all of the background to what we're going to be talking about today. Um, and so, uh, Susie, thank you so much for uh, being here with me today. Yeah, thanks, Paul. I'm I'm happy to be back and continue talking to you about all of this this fun blood flow restriction stuff. Yeah, yeah, this is this is awesome. I really am passionate about this. I really enjoy you know using blood flow restriction with my patients. And uh, you know, last week we talked about physiology. We talked about the history of blood flow restriction and a bunch more. Um, and uh, t today we're going to be talking about different applications, what it feels like. We're going to talk about some indications, contraindications. And um, if you stay with us through to the end of the show, we may have a little bonus for you. Um, so make sure that you listen to uh, the whole program today and uh, we will uh, give you a little information. But before we get started today, I'd like to just take a moment to hear a word from our sponsors. A good night's sleep is what everybody needs. Fresh rest bedding will keep you comfortable all night. Our advanced textiles and weave wicks moisture and also regulates body temperature. This design, coupled with our all-natural organic antimicrobial, eliminates 99.9% .9 of odor-causing bacteria, as well as dust mites, which are an allergen to many. Because our bedding stays fresh longer, it is eco-friendly, as it only requires washing once a month on average. This bedding is also known for its incredible softness. Our antimicrobial is all-natural and organic. No metals, waxes, chemicals, or nanos. Our sheets will never leach onto or into your skin ever. These sheets are safe for your entire family. Fresh Rest is designed and engineered by Maine Lee Technology Group, based in Wells, Maine, and our sheets are made for the USA. Fresh Rest Bedding is only available for purchase through our e-commerce website by visiting freshrestbedding.com. Once again, that's freshrestbedding.com. Welcome back. Well, I hope you've all been able to stay, you know, safe and healthy through this COVID-19 crisis. This has been uh, kind of crazy. It's been tough for many, uh, touching everybody out there. And I know some of you are probably even quarantined. And there's a lot of anxiety around this, uh, and it's at an all-time high. What I hope to do with OrthoEvalPal is to bring you a little bit of diversion here and have some fun learning. Um, it's a great time to just kind of sit back and listen to stuff. You don't need to be exposed to anybody. You can watch my ugly mug here on uh, YouTube, or you can listen to it on a podcast. And um, you notice how I was just speaking about myself, right, Susie? Um, and, uh, you know, it, it can be tough, but, uh, you know, this is a good time to, uh, to, to listen and get, gather as much content as possible. And with that being said, I'm going to be putting more content out there for you folks, more webinars and uh, opening up some more times for online coaching just so that uh, you don't go stir crazy and uh, you can keep learning uh, and, and learning with us. And hopefully we can keep uh, giving this information that we just uh, so love to do. So let's, let's get on with our show today. Um, Susie, welcome back. And, um, you know, Thanks for being here today. All right. Thanks, Paul. I'm happy to be here. So, uh, you know, those of you who were not with us last week, um, Susie, wondering if you could just give us a quick rundown of your background and, um, you know, uh, 
uh, what makes you so much smarter than me? <laughs> oh man, I'm not sure about that, but I'll give you a brief, a brief background. Um, so for those of you just joining, I'm actually the director of the Division of Exercise Science at American International College. Um, I hold a PhD in exercise physiology. I'm a blood flow restriction training specialist and instructor, strength and conditioning coach, American Heart Association instructor, um, and I teach a number of different courses in our undergraduate graduate programs here at AIC, um, where I implement and I, I teach this modality to our graduate strength and conditioning students, our undergrad students, graduate PT students, um, as well as guest lecture on this topic to various universities and or orthopedic departments and sports medicine departments. Um, but that, that's a quick overview if I could give you one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Thanks. Um, so, you know, it, it's tough to get testimonials from patients, especially like on a podcast or on a YouTube channel or something like that. So I was wondering if you could just give us a, an example of, uh, you know, somebody that you might have been working with. And then after you've done that, I'll give you an example of somebody I've been working with, uh, just to talk about the, the process of where they were and how they got from point A to point B and how blood flow restriction really help to uh, to bridge that gap out better? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I probably could talk about a number of different cases, but there's definitely one I really do like to talk about um, because she just made such great progress and it made such an impact on her life. Um, so one one person I actually, Dr. Uh, Christian Latterman, this is, and if you were here in the first episode, you know, you realized that uh, how uh, Paul and I got connected was through Dr. Christian Latterman at Brigham and Women's um, with all this blood flow restriction training um, stuff. So after I gave a guest, guest talk at uh, Brigham and Women's, in Boston, um, I was, you know, Christian, Dr. Latterman actually uh, referenced one of his patients to me. Um, she had actually seen another surgeon a couple of years back. She had a complete tibial uh, osteotomy, a chondrocyte impl implementation and all of that. But uh, long story short, she really wasn't responding over the last, or for a year, or about a year and a half at least, to um, any sort of traditional um, training and um, not too sure. Some, some of the things got hairy there, but she, Ultimately, what was happening is she was getting progressively worse. She was atrophying more. She was muscle wasting more. Her muscular endurance was so far down. Uh, she was in her mid-30s at the time, um, and she was a previous collegiate soccer player, avid hiker, stays active. Um, you know, so she was really bummed out that she really has had no muscular endurance left and really wanted to get back to doing the things she loved. Um, so Dr. Latterman sent, sent her to me in conjunction with a, a new PT script. So I was working hand in hand um, you know, with her, with her PT. Um, she was seeing me twice a week and PT twice a week um, in a traditional sense and then with blood flow restriction training. And when I did a bunch of her measurements at the beginning, she had pretty much no muscular endurance. She really couldn't do one step down she had very little muscular strength. I, you know, analyzed her anaerobic power. So I did like a, a vertical jump test with her. Um, everything was very, very low. She had a great amount of atrophy in one leg. And she's a, she was, you know, mid thirties, very, you know, young and healthy and active otherwise. And she was just very disappointed that she couldn't even go up and down the stairs. So when she came to me, I said, all right, Hey, um, what are your goals? And we laughed about this after the fact. I was like, what do you want to do? Uh, you know, what's your point? She goes, she goes, honestly, I just want to go up and down the stairs at work. Her goals were set so far back to such a basic task like that in her mid thirties. That's how much she had gone backwards. So over the next 12 weeks, we used blood flow restriction training on her um, twice a week, you know, various types of exercises and intensities and so forth. And 
long story short, at the end of that 12 weeks, she went from no step downs to 42 before her leg was fatigued. Uh, she was cruising up and down bleacher stairs um, that I had her going up um, at the soccer field. She was, um, she gained three inches in her vertical jump. She was doing all of this. And, and not only that, she actually got to get back to doing things she loves. So she sent me a picture of her at the top of Mount Tom and was saying, thank you for letting me, you know, for getting me back to, to doing what I love. And she's cruising up and down the stairs at work. And, you know, so I like talking about that story because she, I mean, it impacted her life to such a great extent to having such a basic goal of going up and down the stairs at work to now being able to climb Mount Tom and run through the airport she was saying she could do now to catch her flight. Um, it's very rewarding for me to see how much of an impact it had on her everyday life. And that's exactly why I do what I do. And I'm in education and in this field for that reason, exactly. Yeah, that's a very, very similar situation to what I had. I have a 20-year-old young lady who uh, was, you know, one of the best basketball players in the state of Maine and um, unfortunately injured herself when she went to college, ended up with a chondral lesion, you know, retropatellar chondral lesion that just was not responding. So I underwent surgery. And uh, as we all know, you know, the retropatellar region is a tough, tough place to deal with. And, uh, you know, the progression can be very difficult and limited weight bearing and, and limited progression as far as you know strength training goes and whatnot and um, really was hitting a brick wall uh, you know at four or five six months just still swollen still having some difficulty activating the quad and I've dealt with difficult scenarios in the past like and we've we've pushed through them this one is a very very difficult one so um, her physician, uh, you know, asked about doing blood flow restriction, and uh, and you've been kind of following me with this this young lady, and um, to the it was to the point where you know she couldn't even start running at five six months. She was having a hard time and just really plateauing. So we started doing blood flow restriction training with her, lightened her load, increased her reps. Um, her fatigue level was significantly higher when we were done with her, but she was able to tolerate all of this. And interestingly enough, uh, and we're going to talk about what it feels like to have blood flow restriction on, um, but interestingly enough, when we started doing it, we were doing both limbs at the same time. So um, one leg, she would feel it a lot more than the other, and she just had so much atrophy that we just were not getting the, the physiologic response that we were looking for. But then, you know, that quad started getting bigger faster. And now, um, you know, about six weeks later, um, at, at the four week mark, I asked her, are you better, worse or the same than when we started blood flow restriction training? And she said significantly better. Like her ability to go up and down stairs was improved. Um, two, three weeks later, she's now playing basketball. She is able to run, jump, cut. Um, and uh, like your young lady, she just, and you don't know this yet because she just told me this yesterday, um, but she um, just climbed a mountain and went on a seven mile hike. And I said, so how often during that hike did you feel your knee or, or you were aware of your knee? She goes, I wasn't aware of my knee at all. I was more aware of the ice under my feet and negotiating, you know, where I was standing and walking, but never at one point did I have pain where I had to limit how I was doing what I was doing. So it's really, I've seen this huge acceleration in her strength, her ability to accelerate and decelerate and tolerate higher level exercise now since we started doing the blood flow restriction. And um, really it's been like the one factor, like she didn't start taking medication. Um, her swelling actually decreased once we started doing the blood flow restriction training. Um, so uh, a very interesting story, rewarding, and um, th this young lady is, is very happy now. And I've had several other patients that we've been doing it with, and uh, it's just, it's, so, it, it's easy to do, 
Um, and you can do it, you know, in multiple limbs. If you want to get more of a metabolic response, that's a nice thing about the B-Strong system is that you can do it on the arms and legs at the same time just to get a, a better metabolic response. Um, so that's what we've been doing with her, and uh, it's been great. So let's go on. Susie, you know, when people receive blood flow restriction training, what should they feel? What should they physically feel? Like I, you know, I've seen people get done with a very simple program, like in, in 20, 25 minutes. And I know this because you put me through this in your training class and I had to drive home six hours after that. And I felt like a noodle. I could barely drive. Um, but I see my patients, you know, huffing and puffing and they were doing like double-legged calf raises with no weight. Right. You know, why, why is that? And what is it that people feel? Right. That's a great question because, you know, as much as when we talked about in the first episode of how we're using such low loads and such low intensities, you're like, God, oh, that's going to be cake. But don't forget, we're altering that variable of altering blood flow pattern. So we're restricting the amount of nutrients coming to the area. So we're building up all that metabolic waste. You're going to feel that muscle burn. You're going to feel like you're getting like you're going to this is a high intense workout. So don't even though you're lifting lighter loads and it's easier to do the exercise task to use proper biomechanics, you know, proper positioning, um, you know, actually being able to, to do certain exercises and carry them out in the full range of motion, possibly in certain cases, you're still going to get that huge metabolic crisis. And that's what we want. So you're going to feel that, that muscle burn, right? So even though when you apply some sort of band to your, to the proximal portion of your limbs, you, you know, you're going to feel the band to an extent, but again, that got, gets us back to the using use, the use of the proper devices for, for comfort level, for proper range of motion. So you want to make sure you're using the proper device there um, in order for you to be able to exercise the way you want to. But yeah, you will definitely be feeling as you keep exercising, you're going to get all this metabolic waste building up and that's where you feel that muscle burn. You're going to feel like you're going to be huffing and puffing where you know, I've like, like, like you just said, I had some students, you know, who lift big time weights, bodybuilders coming in and saying, you know, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And I said, go for it. And then uh, even my fiance, he can lift pretty decent amount of weight. And then he's struggling with his five pound bicep curls. And he's like, this is humiliating, you know, and it's actually kind of funny, but he loves it. He's like, this is insane, you know, to someone who's never heard of this before. And when I've got to do it with them, he's like, I, he's like, I can't even believe this. This is pathetic. We don't even need anything higher than 10 pounds at the house anymore, you know, type of thing, so to speak. So um, it definitely feels like a high intense workout. But again, don't forget, we don't want to lift heavy, heavy weights as well as using the buffer restriction because the goal is not to induce that high amount of muscular damage. So even though you will be sore after the fact um, and, you know, you'll, you'll feel all that metabolic waste building up, the whole point is to not get all that muscle damage that would normally occur. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and it's, it's great for, you know, those folks who uh, just can't put a lot of weight on a, a joint or, you know, you, you just can't contract really hard. Uh, it, it just, it works really well. You feel like you've gotten a good workout and uh, you've not stressed your body too much. Um, can we talk a little bit about some of the different applications? Like, you know, give me some examples of who can be using this. Like if, if you're like a, a, a you know, a power lifter and uh, you're trying to maximize your amount of lift, is this going to be helpful for you? Or, you know, who, who should be using this? Who can use this? Um, yeah. So that's a, again, another question that I get all the time is, 
Um, we, we've talked about it a little bit, but this is a great universal modality that can be used for a multitude of populations and in a number of different settings, all the way from someone in the rehabilitation setting who wants to increase their strength and muscular endurance to get back to be competitive on the soccer field, all the way to grandma who wants to Im improve her her balance and functional daily tasks to increase muscular strength and endurance that you know that way think of that population and you know how important is function and maintaining your quality of life and your independence that's huge um, as well as someone who just wants to improve their fitness in general all the way to an, an elite athlete to put implement this into programming of their traditional program their traditional um, weightlifting or their traditional exercise regimen, you can also use this to supplement those type of exercise, you know, to supplement your traditional workout to get an excess metabolic systemic effect to enhance your workout. So yeah, so from all the way from rehab to elite athletes to the aging population to someone who just wants to improve their fitness in general, then it's very universal when done properly in the right way. And, and you, you know, you have your proper programming, then you all of them are pretty much good. You're good. Good to yeah. go. Yeah, awesome. Now I know this. A lot of people have this question here, and uh, and if I don't ask it, uh, I'm sure we're going to get questions about it uh, after the show. But as far as reimbursement goes, I know a lot of physical therapists, uh, PT assistants, occupational therapists listen to the show. Um, as far as reimbursement goes, um, you know there are a lot of modalities, a lot of new modalities out there where the reimbursement is just not there. I mean, we're we're not getting paid for a lot of the things that we do. Um, but uh, talk to me about the reimbursement on uh, on blood flow restriction training. So, um, for the most part, as of right now, it could change in the future with, within your field specifically. But um, this is you know blood flow restriction training is considered a exercise modality. Um, so this would be billed under Therex if you were going to be using it in a rehab situation. So, for the most part. Uh, for an example, governing bodies such as the FDA don't comment on the use of exercise modalities, so to speak, such as treadmills, free weights, uh, different type of elastic bands, and so forth. Um, they just really don't have a comment or they don't really regulate those for, for what's being used in those types of settings. So use, utilizing the proper blood flow restriction training band is actually those bands are considered an exercise modality. So you would just be billing under Therex at that point um, and not having to worry about that other stuff you, you, you were just mentioning. Again, that could change in the future, but as of right now, that's, that's what it is. Okay, great. Yeah, and I, I know we've been using it with therapeutic activities, you know, like walking lunges and, you know, functional squats and those types of things with patients. Um, and so using it as a, as a therapeutic activity and or a Therex, um, you really... Uh, you know, you can do either one and uh, it's just a great adjunctive tool that you can add to the toolbox. And to be honest with you, I think it's been one of the most beneficial for us um, because it's, it's, it's quick and easy to apply as you get good with it. Um, patients can even help get themselves strapped up and then you get them up to the right pressure. And uh, you know, there's, there's so, so much more to learn as far as like how much pressure for each limb for the different size bands and all that. But that's so easy to learn once you get a system. Um, and, and there's some standards that, that go with that. So we're not going to talk about that in the show today. Um, but I was just wondering, Susie, um, you know, is there, 
is there anything else that, that you want to add to today's show in regards to blood flow restriction? Like we're taking a seven to eight hour lecture. We're condensing this into a half hour to three quarter hour show. Um, is there anything that I missed that you think that our listeners would, uh, would need to know? Um, a, a great question is going to be, is there any absolute contraindications or precautions using utilizing this modality? Um, so, uh, when applied correctly and safely, like I keep saying, that's a kind of a theme. Um, most individuals and populations can can benefit from this from this exercise training stimulus and modality, right? So, but some absolute contraindications include things like sickle cell anemia, right? Some someone with sickle cell anemia, you know, we should not be applying any sort of altering blood flow patterns with them. Um, someone with an uncontrolled or uh, you know uncontrolled DBT, uh, an uncontrolled hypertension. Um, in within emergency situations, someone who has a high fever, you shouldn't be applying this to them at that point in time. Um, pregnancy is is on there as a contraindication as well, only because it's not as well researched right now. So that's kind of a feel that you know. So that's kind of on there. Um, and then it, we may laugh, but something's common sense. You shouldn't be applying this while operating like heavy machinery or when you're, you know, really, really sick or something like that. You know, those kind of things are you would think are common sense. If someone has an open wound or an open fracture, you're not going to apply blood flow restriction training to that specific limb as it, you know, at that exact time. Um, but piggybacking off of that. Um, let's give an example, and I, I get this question all the time too. Now, let's say, for example, someone had elbow surgery or arm surgery, and they needed to stabilize their joint, right? And they can't move it for X amount of time for healing purposes and for all its surgical purposes, all of that, right? So someone will say, I can't apply blood flow restriction to this client or this patient, correct? Well, the answer is yes and no. The answer no being you can't, you should not be applying the band to the affected limb that is stabilized, right? Because common sense, again, you're stabilizing it, you want it to heal. However, if done safely and properly, there's no saying that you can't apply blood flow restriction training. Let's say, well, again, we're talking about an elbow, elbow surgery and it needed to be, or shoulder needed to be stabilized. You could apply it to your lower limbs. Why not be able to do a good, really good leg workout or a lower limb or core workout while being properly stabilized? Because again, if we remember from talking about the physiology of it, the whole point is to create that metabolic crisis in, a, in, your, in your local muscles, but then it's gonna cause this whole systemic effect where we're releasing all of those wonderful anabolic growth hormones, IGF-1 and all that, that's gonna help build and repair those, those tissues. So just because your right shoulder just say is stabilized, why not work out the other three limbs or your other two, you know, or your other limbs that you could and get a whole systemic benefit? Because just because that right arm per se is not working out, it's still going to get the benefit of having that systemic response. So you actually may see a decrease in the rate of atrophy at that point in time, working out your legs, it may actually help out your right shoulder. Uh, for example, we did this also, I've done this with someone with post-knee surgery. Immediately post-knee surgery, had to be stabilized, couldn't move, but arms were fine. So got a really good arm workout, metabolic workout, and really had a high, in, you know, pretty much felt this high intensity exercise by doing some arm movements that were safe. And, but then they got this whole systemic benefit. So, um, those are questions I get all the time. So don't forget, just because you can't apply it to say one limb, as long as you deem it safe, then I would, you, you can exercise it on the other limbs. But I always 
put this in here and if you're if you're concerned at all with a certain population or unsure if you should be using blood flow restriction training on a certain client or patient always consult with a blood flow restriction either training you know expert instructor in conjunction with their physician and then have them all speak together and develop the best course of action for, for that person I think I think educating everybody in the loop is going to be very important. I think it's going to be hard to um, perform blood flow restriction training on a patient, and if the if the physician is not on board and doesn't understand how it works, um, so you know it, 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 I'm sure that you know getting a little education out there is going to be very important as this continues to grow um, because of the the positive effects that we're seeing from it. Um, so that's going to be a big part of being able to be successful, I think, with the use of blood flow restriction is just making sure that everybody's on board um, and understands, you know, uh, how it works, the physiology behind it, and knowing, you know, the safety uh, aspect of it also. Um, wow, great information. Um, Susie, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. Your knowledge base and information is, is totally invaluable. And we've done, a, you know... A, You've given a great overview of all of this, but there is so much more to know about blood flow restriction training. Oh, absolutely. So there's definitely so much more. Um, I, I, again, the last two episodes, we touched on a good amount, but um, there is still so much more information to, to, to learn about this. And, and um, you know, I highly suggest you kind of dive into that. Anyone who's interested in being certified, kind of looking more so into that research, you know, email myself, Paul, um, and there's other professionals out there who are definitely willing to talk, talk to you about any questions that you may have. Um, another thing I'll say too, I always kind of end with is that don't forget that um, I always try to say this, that this isn't the end all be all type of modality. It's not erasing other traditional exercise um, uh, regimens or programming that have been successful. This isn't just another tool to have in your tool chest, either whether you're trying to, whether you are a PT, an AT, exercise physiologist, strength coach, and, and you have a specific goal for someone, um, or someone who's just in increasing fitness. This isn't to say, you know, erase everything else that we've been doing. This is just another great exercise training modality we can use to supplement or in conjunction with traditional exercise programming to enhance the benefits um, of, of everyone, of every type of population. And I mean, now I can think of no time better than other while we're all stuck kind of inside and social distancing and, and, and trying to be safe that this, you know, since there's a lot of you don't really need much equipment with this. You don't really need any equipment other than the bands. You can use body weight exercises, very low weights, low reps, all this. This is a great modality to use um, while you're kind of cooped up. Um, also while, I mean, even at work, even at work, you know, or when you go for a walk or doing something, these, these are things that can be easily applied throughout the day that can enhance like your health, wellness, and, and well-being in, in a number of different settings. So I think I will just, you know, kind of that, that's kind of my last little point I think I'll make. And I really appreciate, Paul, you having me on the show. And I appreciate all your listeners uh, listening to me chat about blood flow restriction training. All right. Well, as we have promised, for those of you who are still listening, Susie and I would like to offer you a 10% discount on any Be Strong band packages, okay? So you would use the code Susie Lachowski for the discount. Also, if you choose to sign up for any future certification courses, um, we'll offer you a student discounted pricing. Um, that includes for professionals and uh, clinicians already out in the field who want to become certified. Uh, so just reference the same code, Susie Lachowski, and, um, and you know, mention that uh, you heard it on the podcast when signing up for any upcoming courses. Um, I'd also like to take this time to ask a huge favor from everybody. Um, if you have a moment, 
uh, and you can head over to Apple Podcasts or, or any other place where you like to listen to podcasts. Leave us a rating and review. That really helps with our ranking in the world of podcasting. Um, that would be greatly appreciated. We've already had some great comments out there, and I, uh, I take those. I put them on our website, and uh, thank you for all of you who have already left comments. Um, and um, I'm going to be posting these last two episodes on our YouTube channel also. And uh, so if you want to watch us instead of listen to us, um, you can you can catch us there. Make sure you check the links in our show notes. We're going to have a lot of information about all this stuff, uh, about how to get in touch with Susie, myself, how to get to our website, uh, and how to um, connect for certification courses and or to um, get your hands on some Be Strong uh, bands. Uh, so, folks, um, thank you so much for listening. And have a great safe week. And uh, please make sure you check in your neighbors and, uh, and be kind to them. And uh, I hope you, uh, you take care and have a great week. See ya. We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com. Can't wait to see you there.